Royals and Ghouls. Lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, this is the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shan, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. Let's go! Hello, kitties. It's the Boo Crew Podcast, episode number four. <laughs> To those among you who are easily frightened, we suggest you turn away now. Today on the show, we talk about the latest chapter of Insidious, The Last Key. And singer for the band New Year's Day and the Haxons, Ash Costello, hangs out in the speakeasy for part one of a two-part convo, saying we all hit it off as an understatement. She infuses her love of horror into everything she does, including her music, designing clothing. She's even spent time working in one of the most famous haunted attractions in North America. We talk with Ash about her favorite movies, haunts, music, and more. Get ready, because it's all about to go down. Hey, creeps, it's Ash Costello from New Year's Day. You're hanging out with the Boo Crew. The Boo Crew, the freshest cuts of new stuff. Here's Sweet Screams. To end this evil, I need to go deeper into the further. I am going to find it, and I'm going to finish it. Insidious, The Last Key, released January 5th, 2018, made for $10 million, grossed over $29 million in its opening weekend, the second highest opening of any movie in the Insidious franchise, except for Chapter 2. What do you think, guys? We went and saw it. All together, no, Leo didn't show up. Hey, I loved it, man. <laughs> see it on your own? I did. Where'd you see it? Uh, I saw it last night at the Pacific Theaters at the Americana. That's your jam, man. Dude, you love that place. Yeah, I went there expecting an empty theater, and there was like 50 people there. Really? Wow. Yeah. It was well, you go, yeah, you go in the middle of the night, right? Yeah, but usually it's, you know, I was like, okay, well, this movie's got some legs. People showing up. Well, I think with that box office draw over that weekend, another yeah. sequel is inevitable. This was actually the first one that Lauren and I have seen out of the whole franchise, yep. which is really oh, weird. This is so weird. What? That this we haven't because, watched? Yeah, any? this conversation's well. about to get very weird. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't seem like we were dropped into something we couldn't follow, though, which I enjoyed. Well, it's strange about that. I mean, that's it's. there's something about these movies, because Rachel and I were catching up, although we did miss, we haven't watched Chapter 3 yet, but we uh, studied it a little bit. There's one consistency across the previous three movies that doesn't exist on this one, which is The Bride in Black. With the exception of how it very neatly dovetails because they're non-linear. Right, well this one's supposed to be, I've been read that it's supposed to be a prequel, that this one and the third one are prequels to the first two. Correct, yes. however... Which is kind of a... Is that the second chapter... The ch- no. No. Okay. The second chapter so. has, a, has a dual timeline. So actually, chapter three is sort of an insert into the dual timelines... Not dual timelines. One takes place in the like the eighties and and the other one in twenty ten in chapter two. It's very clever, actually. The the way the first two chapters sort of interweave the story through time. This might be a mild spoiler, but if you're listening to this, you this is a spoiler conversation. Right. Well, well, well. <laughs> we haven't seen, we haven't seen the first. Two. Yes. <laughs> All right. Spoiled are we getting? All right. So we're going to spoil the other ones for you because you already you you need to know. Yeah. The first one starts with it's a family suburban house. They think the house is haunted. I'm very much boiling this down. Uh, they think the house is haunted. The son falls into a coma and turns out they move houses and it turns out the son is haunted. And then the second one, you you learn that actually the father was haunted as a child. By haunted, I mean their spirits attached to him. The second episode partly takes place in the past when the father was a child. 
and partly in the present as they're dealing with the fallout of the episodes of chapter one. Also interesting because chapter four, The Last Key, kind of does that too. It goes back and forth between two time periods, the 50s. Yeah, a little bit. In modern time. Yeah, yeah. Not as extreme, but yeah, it, do, it does do that a little bit. But there's a consistency and in, of this character of the, the bride in black, which is the spirit that's haunting the father as a child. And we see a little bit of that character in chapter one as well. And then that character still exists in chapter three, although it's not the driving force of chapter three each one has sort of has it's like a video game each one has a level boss (laughs) (laughs) but the the bride in black is sort of this overall storyline that just doesn't exist in chapter four which was very interesting i think we're gonna have to revisit this but i think that storyline has been wrapped up oh okay well the bride well i thought it was wrapped up in two uh and then she's back in three oh because three is a prequel Three would be the first movie in the timeline. In order, it goes three, four, then one, and two. That's so should true. I watch the third, then the first, then the second? I've already seen No, no, no. Watch them in release order. Oh, okay. I would recommend watching them in it's release order. It's more enjoyable. Order. It just, yeah. yeah. If well, you watch the, for you two that have not seen the first one, yeah. the last... I don't know why we haven't seen the first one. Three I'll tell you why we haven't seen the first one. Our son is, like, haunted. <laughs> you don't want to relive my every day in a fucking movie. <laughs> but now that but, I'm hearing it this way, I don't know if it'll be... No, here's the thing, though. The last five minutes of the first movie is going to make you scratch your head and be like, wait a minute. There's a reason why these movies are prequels. With the exception well, yeah. of part two. Huh. <laughs> That's very true. You guys, are, you guys don't know this, so, but when you see it, you're going to be shocked. Well, the point is that I was trying to make, as someone who hasn't seen any of the movies, to come down and land plop in my seat and watch The Last Key, I didn't feel like, oh, what's going on? You know, it was kind yeah. of a, it was a complete story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. good. It was well done that way. And you a know? big part of that was Lynn Shay. I mean, yeah. she's incredible. She's yes. She, like, she can take a potentially ridiculous situation or silly situation and she's so genuine like you follow her anywhere yeah she was nice she She was nice she was great i wanted her to be my grandma (laughs) (laughs) to be a cool granny right ghost hunting granny yeah i'd follow her anywhere (laughs) her if she was like in a haunted house i would I'll be behind oh, her. Damn it, <laughs> right. you know? See, the interesting thing about this is I do not know her exact age, but it's interesting that this universe for this movie revolves around the character who's not a pretty young thing in the era of sex cells. Right, right. We got, we got to get the pretty face on. She's the star of the movie. It's like, no, the heroine of this movie, the driving force of this movie, the reason why people go see this movie is because of Lynn Shay. 74, by the way. Yeah, 74. Look at wow. that. Wow. And I mean, who thought, right? Who thought that a character like yeah. hers would be the reason why people love this? Well, if it know, wasn't for the series. original, you couldn't pitch this movie. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna follow around a you know seventy four year old woman, <laughs> right? And her goofball buddies, right? <laughs> I think that her character gives it a lot of heart. Totally. Oh yeah. You know, okay. and I, I think that having the comedy relief of what are the guys? Specs and Tucker. Yes, yeah, Specs and Tucker. It's kind of like something to cling to as you're walking through the haunted house. It's your blanket, your safety blanket. I liked having that ridiculously campy comedy banter. And it was. It was like Scooby-Doo style comedy banter. Oh, yeah. It was like campy, low-grade humor, but... 
everything else in the movie was so intense I felt like I kind of needed it to because most of the movie I'm sitting there almost afraid to look at the screen because it was very tense the way they, that they rolled out when they would walk into a room using really cool microphone sound design mm-hmm. things like that with the equipment they were using that was cool in the movie yeah. it really yeah. felt like There's you were a couple really walking good. through with them like yeah. a, like it felt like I was at a haunted attraction right <laughs> Specs and Tucker were kind of the, the assholes behind you right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of bringing the maze down to earth True. you know? I have to say the creepiest thing in the movie might be the way that they're hitting on those girls. Yeah, yeah yes. exactly. <laughs> Total wine And Tucker's, Tucker's voice. Hey. <laughs> God, that was more uncomfortable than the yes. monsters. You need the jello. So, oh, this was the only movie that was not, that was not, that was not directed by either Lee Wanell or James Wan. This is a new guy, Adam Robitel, and he is credited for writing Paranormal Activity Ghost Dimension. Oh. And the taking of Deborah Logan and he auditioned for this gig. That movie, I found by accident on Netflix, The Taking of Deborah Logan. If you've not seen it, watch it. It fucked me, dude. That movie, (laughs) it's it's like this, you know, this young girl working on her thesis about um, Alzheimer's. She gets invited to this home to investigate this elderly lady who's sick with Alzheimer's. And it's not what you think like she's just it's a found footage by the way it's oh, a found cool. footage movie huh. so she's documenting this old lady losing her mind right except there's something really wrong with that old lady that goes from zero to ten in terms of freaky fucking scariness in no time and very well done on that movie that's James Wan apparently there was some connection that they made while Adam was doing that movie mm-hmm. that kind of gave one to give Blumhouse a little bit of blessing yep. to get Adam involved. I'm not sure why James stepped out. I know he missed, he didn't direct number three because he was doing Furious 7. So Lee Wanell directed three. Yes, Aquaman. Uh, but all the other ones were, oh, is it Aquaman? Yeah. He's, he's been shooting Aquaman. Okay. It's interesting too that uh, James Wan, after doing, he did the first two, there's a similarity, I think, between this and the Conjuring universe. Like the first yeah. Conjuring movie has that same sort of haunted house, calling the experts, and then we start following the experts and they become the story where the, you know, the Warrens become the story in the conjuring too. And then in the, in a similar way that, you know, Lin Shay, Elise and the, and the two goofballs become the story, the people that we follow throughout this whole series. Right. I just get really scared. These kind of movies scare me the most because when you're like a lo- like a monster aside from Freddy, it's someone in makeup, but like ghosts. That shit could be real. Yeah, that's yeah, my, my same thing with the, like, I was very apprehensive about watching the first Conjuring movie because of that. You know, people were saying how realistic it was and based on a true story. And that's the one thing that exorcism movies and ghost movies, like really well-told ghost story movies, you can't beat them because there's no one to say they aren't real. Right. And there's a lot of proof saying that they could be real. There's something really in this movie, too, that was so dark and heavy. Like that turn mm-hmm. where what you think the two times yeah, yeah. where yeah. you think you're this, you're dealing with a ghost oh, situation great yeah. twist. Yeah. it's not a ghost situation oh, yeah. that was that's yeah. horror on a whole other level yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes that was really yeah. the first time it happened and then the second time it happened where you're you think you've been told that she sees ghosts and you think she's seeing a ghost right and then when you find out the truth yeah that was such a dark turn yeah no it was amazing yeah that was really good a couple that's echoes good. of like silence of the lambs a little bit a little bit yeah also don't breathe and i, I like that idea that it's a that there's an evil presence that feeds off of this like that you take this real world horror situation and you attach a negative spirituality thing to it which just it it makes it working on both levels 
The demon was played by Javier Botet, six foot seven, but he also played the hobo hallucination in It. Oh. Who had the pills. Yeah, yeah. The kid. He played Damn, three of the freaky. ghosts in Crimson Peak. Oh. He played the crooked man in Conjuring 2. Oh. So uh, he's also Damn. playing Slender Man in the new Slender Man movie coming oh, out this year. Oh, that wow. makes sense. Yeah. So I guess he's the, the alternate Doug Jones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. But I, yeah, yeah. I wish there was more of him, I mean, of, of the key face character yeah also can i just say key face or key fingers why key face face wasn't keys yeah i don't (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) like i wish that happened earlier we could spend more time in that sort of key face you know hell world yeah it was interesting there's a lot going on i felt it got it got really reduced to just something very simple so it could get in and get out it just became something else and i wish that had happened earlier another interesting thing is they had announced this movie around the time of Universal Halloween Horror Nights when they do their Halloween mazes annually in the middle of September with the intention of it actually coming out in October. So the maze that they had was actually inspired by this movie. So now that we saw the movie, we're seeing elements that we actually saw in the maze and made absolutely no sense. <laughs> like it started off with the dad, you're in the in the room and the dad's watching oh. like duck and cover on an old TV right. from the 50s and you're like, what? What's going on? And then you walk through the hallway with the different doors and everything like that. It was, yeah. yeah no, it, it still sense. creepy, but it made absolutely no sense. <laughs> so yeah, now now there's some context to it. And they ended up replacing the release of this movie with Happy Death Day. And they moved this one to, to later on in the uh, year. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think the success of this movie is really interesting. Usually January is known as a dumping ground where you just kind of dump movies that you don't expect to do well. Like you're saying, this got bumped. They pushed it to January. The fact that so many people, there's just a hunger for horror right now. You know, it's the first horror movie. People, I know a lot of people who are very excited this first horror movie of the year. Yeah. yeah. And they're going out to see the first horror movie of the year. Yeah. One thing also about this movie, I'm, I'm wondering, obviously, probably when it gets to Blu-ray, people will find these Easter eggs. A thing James Wan usually does in these Insidious movies is puts little Easter eggs. I know in the first one, he actually drew Jigsaw on the yes, blackboard. Yeah, that's right. Or had his name, James Wan, on yeah, the blackboard. Or in, in a, or in yeah. a computer screensaver. There's oh, a picture yeah. of James Wan. Yeah. Yep. I wonder, you know, I know he stepped back to the role of producer for this one. Right. I'm wondering if just in the spirit of Insidious somewhere in the movie there's a James Wan Easter egg probably throwing to another previous film and no one's found it yet I've googled trust me I've googled (laughs) I've not found anything yet he is like Google King there's gotta be something (laughs) I was gonna say I liked I really for the Insidious movies I really liked the first two the title when it comes up Insidious it just he just really embraces this old school vibe and I kind of miss that in this one okay Rachel super important awesome that you brought that up because what he did in the first movie second movie is you have an opening scene then the title and that's Joseph Bashara's score so cool it's fucking scary so cool it just it's a slow build and it just gets really louder 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 insidious on the screen and the movie goes back it goes back to the movie but yes first movie second movie but not in this movie yeah I was a little bit like oh because it was like computer generated <laughs> it was like CG which is fine but I was like oh because was C-. like I love that moment when the title comes up because I'm like alright we're in a Sidious movie and also the, <laughs> also the closing the end the end of the movie yeah. same thing yeah. it's his score and actually I have a theory man if he ever were to walk in these doors I, I want to ask him how are you inspired to come up with that school, that insidious score you'll, you'll know it when you hear it I think it's Lalo Schifrin who had that initial score for The Exorcist 
that was dumped by Friedkin, mm-hmm. it sounds like eerily similar. It's got that weird yeah, synth something, or something. Yeah. It just gets louder and louder. Like it just did they use that for that band trailer yes, for Exorcist? Yes, with the flashes exactly. Of the demon. That, yeah. yeah, exactly. When you hear that, you almost go, "Wow, I wonder if he was inspired by that." Because that's what the opening title and the closing title sequences for Insidious chapters one and two are like. That's what he has in the movie. But you're right. This movie didn't uh, did not have that, and I was kind of surprised. Yeah, I but missed I, it. I did stay to the very last frame of the end credits, and there's a hint of it. Oh, okay. But I was like, oh, okay, a little hint, but that was all we got. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was creepy. It's a creepy way to start the movie and yeah. end the movie. And by the way, he plays the lipstick demon in the, in the first uh, movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. How cool is that? Again, I don't know why they call it the lipstick demon. <laughs> yeah, 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 I couldn't tell you Darth, that either. I thought it was Darth Maul. Because, yeah, yeah. Darth, Darth Maul was already taken. <laughs> Howdy, folks. You like blood, violence, freaks of nature? You've reached the Boo Crew. The spirit you've tried to contact is not in service. Please blow out the candles and try your seance again. Nothing's gonna save me. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining us in the Speakeasy studio with the Boo Crew, she is a singer of the band New Year's Day. They have three EPs and three albums out, their latest being 2015's Malevolence, a cover of Kalani's Gangsta, most recently out on the 2017 Punk Goes Pop Volume 7 compilation. She also teams up with Rob Zombie bass player Piggy D on a horror-slash-Halloween-inspired band called The Haxons on the EP Three Hits From Hell and the full-length Party Monsters. Hailed several times as one of Revolver Magazine's hottest chicks in hard rock, she graces a cover of last month's issue of Alternative Press. She's a clothing designer, businesswoman, entrepreneur, influencer, inspiration, and a true horror fanatic. We're absolutely humbled to welcome Ash Costello. Oh my goodness! Can I just take you with me everywhere and always do the introduction because I couldn't stop smiling. Oh my God. You make me feel so good. That's awesome. And your voice. That is a radio Wow, voice. wow, you are thank built, you. You were thank like, you. the gods gifted you the voice for radio. Wow. So smooth. Well, the first question I want to ask you is a little bit of an esoteric question, but mm-hmm. I think it might apply. So we're at the tail end of like two days of solid rain here in L.A., which is, for anyone listening who's not from L.A., it's super rare. And I also yeah. think it has a magical effect on the creative pulse of this city. And I wanted to ask you how it's affected you the past couple of days. It's made me very sleepy. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, I'm a workaholic. I don't know if it, that's noticeable from the outside, but I work a lot, and the rain actually forced me to take a couple days off, which is uh, very awesome. rare for me. I just sat on my couch in my new place and watched the orange tree blow for you know <laughs> blow back and forth all day, and just absolutely adored it. So I leave for tour soon, yeah, where I'm not going to get a chance to do that for a month. So I just kind of soaked it in. Well, let's start at the beginning. What was the first experience you had that was transformative in sending you down the path of becoming a horror fan. Wow. My upbringing is super uh, colorful. I had a single mom and uh, she had to work, you know, a lot to take care of me and my sister. So my grandma babysat me and much to my mom's, I guess, chagrin, you could say my grandma was a Wiccan. My mom was not. My mom's the complete opposite. She's as um, basic white lady and she wouldn't mind me saying that she wears Ugg boots and drinks pumpkin spice lattes and blonde hair and she's yeah she's about as um, your normal Orange County mom as you can get 
And uh, so my grandma was a Wiccan and she also did theater and movie props specifically for horror movies. So at a very young age, I learned how to make like intestines out of old pantyhose. And I saw really random, like that was our arts and crafts. My grandma was very artsy. And so we'd always have projects. And I I remember like it was yesterday. That was one of our projects was stuffing and stockings (laughs) and making all like intestines. And she also was the scary. She was like the witch house neighborhood mate every neighborhood had like the oh witch lives there yep. walk oh, past yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. that was my grandma's house and um, <laughs> it definitely looked like it too and she went all out for Halloween we had a maze in her front yard and my gosh I, I have pictures of it somewhere and I should just keep them in my purse because I know no one's ever going to believe me but this <laughs> maze was legit like Halloween haunt style legit and I remember her son my uncle who was probably when I was about five a teenager yeah. decided he wanted to be a pregnant goth lady giving birth over and over for the kids coming through. <laughs> wow. it's, it's like very vivid. Wow. Very specific. Very vivid memory. He had a, he had a vision. Cool. And my grandma um, looked a little bit like Bride of Frankenstein but more heavier set. Like she had the black hair that went up. You know, she had like the gray not on both sides. She had like a streak of gray I remember. So she was the mad scientist one year and there was all these like bubbling what do you call the bottles and beakers. Uh, cauldrons beakers. and beakers, yeah. beakers. Yes. <laughs> and uh yeah and i was always like the little monster in the corner i was a dead bride when you're in the maze and it like halloween year round was just very normal and i wore all black to school even when i was younger and uh, i just feel like i was born into this like never really had a chance of being normal at all right then i back then like when i was a kid there was no internet at all you know you were lucky if you had a computer I remember our first computer had DOS I just didn't know there was other people like me and or my family out there at all for the longest time I think until I got into high school wow so at that point were you like "Ah, I mean back then it would have been like Fangoria magazines and things like that were around I have a funny story about my first Fangoria which uh, ties in with Piggy I swear to you (laughs) and Piggy would attest this we were separated at birth there was like some weird Separations, I swear that man's my brother. <laughs> I have a brother and his name is Piggy D. And we we have the best time when we're recording for the Haxons. I mean, it's I belly laugh and I don't really do that that often. It's like throw your head back, rolling on the ground, laughter. And so we were talking about Fangoria one day. And I said, I still remember my first issue of Fangoria. And I described it to him. He's like, no, no way. That was my first issue of Fangoria. I'm like, get the fuck out of town. Wow. So, okay, I remember being a little kid. And my grandma collected Fangorias. You know, she didn't throw an issue away. It was just with stacks. There was all these stacks. And the top one was a guy with his brain exposed. And there was like, he was in a chair with like these metal things pulling the skin back. And I remember not being able to process it as a kid. It didn't like freak me out. I wasn't afraid. But I didn't understand it was fake. Right. I thought it was real but I knew it wasn't bad. I thought it was like real, but I couldn't, I can't explain it. So, um, that was his first issue too. No way. Yeah. I mean, what I, are the odds, right? What movie was we, that? You know, when we were discussing, we actually spent probably like two hours Googling it, trying to find what this cover was. And we did, but I can't remember what issue it was or what the movie was or what it was from. I'm sure if I did my research again, yeah. I could find it. But, uh, yeah, it did. I was like, am I making this up in my head? That's like, I know this was on the cover. So we did find it. Right. It did right. exist. God, I remember that moment of us going, oh, it was that movie. I can't remember what it was now. That's so funny. Isn't was that you, weird? Was your grandma ever in Fangoria for the work no. that she did? Did she work on any movies? No, that, she didn't do any big movies. She was like big Hollywood or anything. Like that. It was most, uh, mostly theater productions. So I remember going to the theaters, like the smell of the fresh paint of a theater just having been built. Yeah. And um, I don't know what kind of 
theater now I'm looking back I'm like what the fuck props were these what kind of show were they? <laughs> I can only think of like Sweeney Todd and that's it like what is she doing uh, yeah I'm trying to think of other stuff when I was little she, she was uh, practicing Wiccan too so that's where I got into crystals and herbs and stuff she'd have um, a little package of crystals she always kept in her bra I didn't understand it when I was little. And I remember I was getting picked on in school and she asked for a picture of the girl and I found it in a previous year's yearbook and she put it in tinfoil and put it in the freezer. And it's like, this girl, little girl's not going to bother you anymore. Oh. I can't remember. Oh. It. Oh. Oh my goodness. I can't remember. I can't remember. I don't remember if the girl wow. stopped or maybe she just I froze. Just, I don't know. No one ever saw her again. Yeah. Every time she saw you, she just got really cold. Yeah, and right? I don't she know. She on the back of a milk cart. I wish I could remember, but I just have that like vivid memory of that moment. And then after that, I don't, I don't remember. But wow. so, I was just always weird. Do you have a memory of a first movie you saw? I knew you were going to ask that just yeah. now. Mm. Yeah. I remember my first horror movie that I really, really, really freaked me out, but I loved it was Night Round Elm Street. Yeah. No. So, and I really yeah. I didn't see any Freddy memorabilia around your house I'm a little surprised you we have what? a big Freddy fan right there yeah oh, no Lord. oh really no. me no. too I'm so like no I'm scared she Whoa. loves she loves horror movies but she cannot deal with Freddy and I don't blame you Freddy is terrifying still to this day I think it's just there's something really not right about it right still yeah see well, the whole I mean the, you start with the concept of that he's the, a child molester yeah. and he goes in your dreams and yeah. weird yeah. I can't believe that concept was like these people are right. sitting on a table like this are like yep that's it <laughs> I, don't child even, I don't even know if they can make that did you today. did you guys have any of you guys watched the um it's like five hours long it's called never sleep again yes. we yes. have that but we yes. haven't watched it because oh, she's afraid to hell watch. no okay don't be afraid because it actually it actually makes Freddie fucking hilarious. Yes, really. It, yeah. yeah, it's so funny because you see the they explain like a lot of their choices and why, um, like why I never even realized this until I watched it. Why. Freddy too is very homosexual. Yeah, the whole thing. I didn't even the know. Director, I was a kid. The actors, everyone. Oh, I mean, I didn't notice. <laughs> the scariest Freddy that still we watched it recently. On we all got together and watched horror movies on the bus when we're on tour and traveling. We watched Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Oh, that yeah. was good. Still it's terrifying. So clever. It's yeah. so good. Yep. It was great. Yeah, yeah. It still got me. It's really smart. That's the like it. really <laughs> meta one, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. It's about the making of a Freddy movie. Right. Yeah. It's still scary. You guys aren't selling me on this. Sorry. <laughs> well. Don't watch the yeah. nightmare then. That yeah, I think it was in the first podcast we did with uh, Scout Compton was the guest. Lauren revealed her uh, story that she had. She actually has a Freddy story. I think she should tell you just because oh, it's I humorous. Know the Freddy story. Even though we've told it before. I want to know. Okay, so I worked for Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. And when Freddy versus Jason was coming out. Which I they, love, by the way. It's good work. Yes, I've seen them. It's the only one she can watch. It's great. It's literally the only one she can watch. so good. But we have to fast forward through all the Freddy parts. So I, like, I, I still don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. It's Jason versus Jason. Um, my version. So Robert England came in and I said, you know what? I can't work that night. I, I'm just too scared. Are you serious? And Dr. Drew was like, no, really? Like, you, you should come in. It's going to be good. It, just see, he's a guy. He's wearing makeup. It's just a role. He's like, like trying to like be your yeah, therapist. Like, exactly. you break down the fourth wall or something. And oh. I appreciated the therapy, but um, <laughs> I didn't go to well and uh, I got there and I was super brave and Aww. basically 
he explained to Robert England that I was terrified oh, no. of him and, and Freddie and he convinced him and, you know, to show that he was just a normal person and not actually the character. Because I can't even look at Robert England's face because it's Freddie's face. Yeah. His structure. Robert England is Freddie. Like yeah. the bone structure of his face yeah. is just very much like Freddie. So 100%. it just scares me. And so I'm not laughing. He <laughs> scared the shit out of me. First of all, he brought the glove from the movie. I was about to say, it doesn't sound very Robert England to just be like, oh yeah, I'll be totally nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, and so he scratched oh, my back no. with the glove and he was like, something about the coffee's too hot, you bitch. Oh, yes. In that yes. Freddy voice. Yes. And I was like, no. The coffee's oh. too hot, you little bitch. Oh, <laughs> can no, you do the no. Freddy laugh? I can. Oh. <laughs> I wish I could. Dude. So we'll put it in post. I have to say, I relate to you completely because my uncles who lived with my grandma knew I was afraid of Freddy, and they had the Freddy glove too. And I was actually terrified to go into the closet where they kept it when I was little. See, exactly. My cousin, I used to mess with his room when I was little, and he tried to keep me out, and I'd always like mess with his garbage pail kid. Oh, uh, garbage pill kids were the best. Weren't they? Yeah. And so he got like one of those cardboard cutouts of Freddy and stuck in his room and that was it. That's a lot of Done. effort. Where I do you never find that? There. Where do you, I mean, what was the 90s? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, how like, you could order it off the internet and then I, like, you had to, where do you Probably like that? a video store. I used to Damn. do that all the time, like raid video stores for their old posters. I miss video yeah, yeah. stores. Cardboard stand-ups and things. How much do you miss VHS stores <sighs> so I can't even much. tell you how badly I miss it. Me too. It's been hours just flipping the cases, reading, yeah. watching, looking at the art and oh, watch that movie. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, that's freaky, yeah. you know? And it was kind of, you, you were forced to make a decision out yeah. of what was there. Right, like, exactly. It's overwhelming when I look on Netflix. I, I, you can't even look at all those yeah. movies. It's impossible. Yeah. Or like the little dots they'd put on the VHS where you knew like, okay, yeah. orange dot is horror. Yeah, you right. know, yeah. green dots. Oh, you could literally that. go to the horror section and start at one end and watch yeah. every horror movie that they'd have at your local blockbuster. I just read recently that Alamo Drafthouse is uh, opening a video store. Oh, that's yeah. cool. No way. A brick and mortar video store. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Are they going to have this at DVDs or actual video? Probably DVDs, right? Well, it's well, it's almost even then. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah is, it's something. Well, we yeah, still have like uh, uh, Vidiots, I think, is coming back. Wow, it's Vidiots. Yeah, Vidiots was this amazing video store in Santa Monica for uh-huh. years and years. They had to close it because everything was closing down. Yeah. So, but uh, uh, Megan Ellison from Annapurna Pictures mm-hmm. gave them a whole bunch of money, turned it into a nonprofit. Oh, cool. And they had events and it became an event place as well. And uh, they ended up having to shut down their location, but they're going to reopen in February. For like a permanent for some, or a yeah, pop-up? permanent. Oh, that's yeah, cool. for a permanent video store. And then there's uh, Cinephile. Cinephile is another great video <clears throat> DVDs, but they have an amazing collection. There's a VHS shop. Oh gosh, uh, so many of my stories are going to go like this. So I was dating this guy like three years ago and next door to his apartment, which was right by Universal, there was a amazing video like a VHS uh, store oh wow, wow. And I, but I can't remember the name of it Eddie was it Eddie uh, oh Eddie Brand Saturday Eddie. matinee yeah. I don't know that's yeah. another great one yeah it's gonna kill around Does, did it have like a pink hue at night because there was like neon Oh, I just remember. This is how I remember things. It was like pink. It sounds really familiar. <laughs> I don't know. You know, this is gonna kill me. I'm gonna Google it later. This is gonna kill me. I'm gonna drive around and try and find it. But I remember we went and it had horror movies I'd never heard of in my life. That and they looked so amazing, so interesting. Wow. wow. Yeah. You gotta God, find it's gonna it. bother me. Yeah. You gotta find it. You know why I didn't catalog it in the forefront? Because I was like, why am I gonna do the VHS place? This right. Is cool. <laughs> I don't even remember this. <laughs> now, now I wish I remembered. Okay. So anyway, Freddy Krueger. 
Yes. <laughs> so traumatized. Very, traumatized. Very scary. Yeah. Even in person. But he is quite nice, though, isn't he? He's very nice, Robert England. No. No. No, he's not. He's very nice. He's not actually very nice. If you're scared of him. Well, no, yeah, well, yeah no. Lauren started crying oh, when he no. did it. Yeah, yeah. I, she bet, like he, a I bet that just made his heart so happy. Yeah, he probably loved it. I bet it. he That's just, like, saying. ate it up. Yeah. Like, exactly. Because he's Freddy you know. Krueger. Yeah. Yeah. He loves your pain. <laughs> um, nice gentleman, though. I have had the honor of meeting him. We play a lot of horror conventions, mm. you know, naturally. Mm-hmm. And he was signing at one, and so I got to skip there. It was like a two-hour wait, and I was like, but I gotta go play a show, you know, please let me go. And they let me cut the line, and he he uh, made a motion to the security guard, like, close the curtain. Like, close, close it off. And it was just <laughs> me and him, and my photographer friend, Jeremy Saffer, who has... He's got a horror collection that'll blow your mind. This guy, he's I'm sure you've you've seen his work. He photographs every horror related musician like you know he's done Alice Cooper he's done Rob Zombie he mm. does all the horror movie icons not just musicians so a lot of his we've seen you've definitely seen his work so they shut he shuts the curtain and he's like kind of talking to me for a really long time and I keep giving him out I'm like well I'm sure you're really busy Mr. England he's like no 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 come sit sit right here I'm like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> okay he's gonna get out the gloves so I'm trying to like be real cool like uh, all I wanted was this print signed but he's talking to me, talking to me, talking to me. So I sit down next to him, and, and finally I say the, the thing that made him kick me out. <laughs> so I, 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 say, I say, well, okay, so I'm going to fast forward to after, before I get to what I said. And my friend Jeremy was like, because he does a lot of horror conventions, he actually knows Robert quite well. And he's like, he just loves goth girls. Oh, he just loves, he just loves them. He just loves to innocently flirt with them. I was like, oh, that's what was happening. So right, I didn't know what the right. fuck was going on. So I sit down next to him, and I go, you know, I grew up watching you, you know, I, I thought Elvira was my mom and I thought you were my dad. And he's like, okay, we're done here. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man, he didn't like that. <laughs> he didn't like it. So, but I did get my print signed and it says, uh, sweet dreams, bitch. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. I have a horror movie print collection in my office. I just moved. It's my first time I've ever had a, an office in my life. So all these prints I've been collecting from horror movie conventions through the years, just sat in boxes, have so many. I got Gunnar Henson right before he, passed oh, away wow, wow. yeah that's what everyone's <laughs> and, uh, I, I have Freddy I have all of everyone that's ever been in a Rob Zombie movie of course three times over because I'm obsessive about that and uh, you know I've got a Doug Bradley I've got who else Kane Hodder you know all the, all the greats awesome. you know who I always yeah. really wanted and it's kind of bothered me for the rest of my life the tall man Oh yeah, oh, phantasm. Yeah. That's right. This is a scrim, right? Dang, a scrim, yeah. a scrim. You know, and you, I'm sure you can find an autograph, but I always get them personalized yeah. to Ashley. Yeah, and I just it, it breaks my heart that I'll never get that. You know, oh. breaks breaks my heart. And I saw him at a convention once, and his line was long, and I had to go, and I'll regret that forever. Right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right. Now with these things, so you put them all up in your office. You have a special place where they all go. Yeah. That's awesome. They're all my friends. They, <laughs> they go, hi, good morning. You know, <laughs> to, to my buddies. My, what's what's another one? Uh, Gunnar Henson says, dear Ashley, let's have lunch my way. Like, no. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, I, got, I have the Crypt Keeper, but I forget his name. 
He was really nice. Very oh, tall. why Very can't John John Cassier something like that? I can't, yeah. I can't remember. He, he always does the voice. Like yep. I, we yeah, went he does to, the voice for yeah, you. Yeah, we loves were at Scare it. LA, and he was just grabbing the microphone he randomly was, doing the announcements. It. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It? it was awesome. He was he offered to do my voicemail, but I had the most oh, horrible reception. I was like, "Come, oh, cool. you!" Cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so he, I didn't get the voicemail. Oh, that's cool. It was pretty cool. Scare LA is awesome. Scare. Oh yeah, Scare LA was our first time. Lauren and I our first time going this year. We loved it. Yeah, I heard this year was. Even better. Yeah, yeah I want to try really a better. Midsummer Scream. I've never been there. I've never been to that one either. I hear it's huge. I want to go to all of them. Do you know Monster Palooza? Do you go? I've been. Yeah. It's so fun. I mean, if I'm lucky, you know, because I travel a lot, so I have to be in the yeah. right place at the right time. And every now and then, in another state, I happen to be like Rock and Chalk is a great one, and it that one's in like Massachusetts, or I think. And uh, I happen to be rolling through, so I got. To me, that's the one where I met Robert England. The one Monster Palooza here that happens in April out in Pasadena now. Rumor has it on the first night of the convention, the Friday night, that's usually when Guillermo del Toro goes and oh, buys tons of stuff for his so collection. Cool. Can you imagine? Yeah, just that'd be amazing. Just, I'll take that. I'll yeah, take exactly. That exactly. <laughs> Do you have a favorite era of horror film in particular? Or are you all over the place? I'm all over the place. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of awesome horror movies in the early 2000s. I just watched Scream for the millionth time today, wow. which still holds up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you know there's like a rule, what is it, like after 10 years, a horror movie becomes a comedy? Like, there's some sort of rule I've heard right. but Scream is still great I love Scream um, but I think probably 80s Nightmare on Elm Street's my top 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 and then the Hellraiser series is my second favorite and then Phantasm it would be you know my top five and all the Texas Chainsaw Massacres even though you know you just go past the 80s, yeah but. yeah the original Texas Chainsaw is probably one of my all-time terrifying. favorites yeah. yeah absolutely terrifying yep is there any new movies that you've seen recently that you're like, this is amazing? Oh, my God. I just thought about this, too. And now I'm on the spot. I'm the worst with on the spot. <laughs> I remember thinking, like, wow, it's been a long time. It. Yeah, it was yeah, awesome. Yeah. It was good. I, I, you know what? I take it personally when people comment on my posts about how much I love it. They're like, well, it fucking sucked. I'm like, you know what? You suck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was so beautiful. Oh, yeah. the, the music in the beginning, the piano. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is, if it was made up for the movie or I'm not a fan of remakes. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. The night, no, the night same, same with me. I, when I when I it? went to see it, I was ready not to like it because I'm a huge fan of the, the original yeah. television miniseries. Tim Curry. Well, that becomes How do you a, top it, that? It's a good question. Well, you, they yeah they answered that question. How do you top it? How by doing that? Yeah, <laughs> doing that. exactly. But so there's a question between a remake, like the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which has just vanished into history. Thank God, because <laughs> that was just yeah. really nothing. Bad. I was offended. It bothered yeah. me for days. It was rotten. Days. It was so awful. But when you have a original source material, so it the miniseries mm-hmm. was an adaptation of the source material. Yeah. The movie and now the second movie's continued adaptation of the source material. Mm-hmm. So the question is: Is that a remake, oh, or is good, it a new adaptation point. of the source? A new translation I of totally the source? I totally see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, um, maybe that's why it skipped the suck in you know a remake. Right. Because I can't think of another one that I really thought was good. Off the top of my head, is there yeah, any I don't know good there... horror movie remake that I'm not thinking of? Remakes? <laughs> uh, the Thing. The Thing is a remake? Yeah, The Thing well, is a remake. The 82 yeah. thing. Oh, John Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's yeah. the one I'm talking yeah. about, not right. the Mary Elizabeth the Winstead. Right. Yeah. The Mist was good, too. You know what didn't you know what didn't suck? Um, House of Wax. 
actually not that bad. Well, that was pretty good. Oh yeah. yeah, I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eliza, yeah. it was Eliza. What's her name? Is it uh, Alicia Cuthbert? Yeah, that's oh, it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Where does she go? I don't know. I think she married a hockey player, right? A Canadian hockey player. Last oh. I checked. House of Wax was actually, I remember seeing it in the movie theater, and when Paris Hilton died, everyone cheered. And I thought, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was like her breakout, was like her first acting role, but right? She wasn't even bad. Yeah, yeah she, she was, was good. Kinda good. Yeah, no, she yeah. was good. Bless her heart. You know, yeah. I was like, man, she gets bad rap. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> everyone cheered. Like, some people standing. Like, yeah. I wow. felt terrible. <laughs> Those are the people who made for the hottie and the naughty. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't think of any others besides that but going back to it you know the remake made me want to read the book I never read the book I read the yeah. book okay I lied I listened to it on audio <laughs> and I, I, I was shocked there's a lot I didn't understand while watching the movie but going back the book really made a lot of things make sense to me right because I feel like anyone who's not familiar with the book walked away going what the fuck was that right I, I listened to a podcast where I was like what's there's so many plot holes what's with the alien and why is it 27 years I'm like well yep. there's reasons they just didn't really explain them but that's yep. the thing it still works like that's what I love about it, a I good adaptation it yeah is that the movie stands on its own and then makes you want to go read the book and the book and, and they sort of feed yeah. each other and I think it's going to happen with, this, with the second movie when we when the, the oh, adult story right. I almost forgot about yeah, the yeah. second one yeah. I think it's oh, going to make I it even better wait. do they know who's playing the kids yet have you guys heard of any announcements no I think they're still casting I think oh that's so cool that's the kind of shit I look forward to in my life like that I can't wait for that didn't they want to do it with unknowns wasn't that the strategy I heard that somewhere I read it I, I think that'd be a smart mm-hmm. choice be the honestly it'd probably be the best way yeah. To do yeah. instead of having I like Brad so. Pitt is the guy, you know, the main guy or something like Bill that. Bill Skarsgård was an incredible. Uh, yeah. it, wow, talk about like someone that was put on this earth to play that role, you know, no, and everything yeah. he ever did led up to that. Like, wow, I, it was breathtaking. You know, it was a beautiful movie. I still like obsess over it. We saw it twice. Yeah, yeah. I went we twice. Yeah, yeah, two times. Yeah. Had to bring two different people and be like, "Can you know who this And I actually don't like going to the movie theater. I don't know what it is. I get really antsy. I don't know. Is it dealing with the other people? That's my, my reason for not liking going to the movie theater is having to deal with other people, not not being able to control who's there. That too. Because sometimes that it's too. a horrible experience. You can be yeah. there. People are talking. That's why I hate the movie Lights Out. Really? Yeah, because there was a guy scrounging through his popcorn the whole time right next to him. And when I think of that movie, I think of the guy with the popcorn still. (laughs) Wow. We saw Divergent, not a horror movie, but at the Arclight, we saw Divergent. And there was a guy, first of all, they took our assigned seats. Oh, you know how you bastards. get that assigned seats? It was an empty theater except no. for this couple. Yes. And they took our assigned seats. Wow. And we we're like, okay, well, wow. it's an empty theater. So, you know, do we, and, you know, they look. Like that's a total curve. They looked a little intimidating. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, like, do you ask him to move or you just find another seat? So we just, okay, we'll find another seat. We'll give it to him. Then he kicked his shoes off into the middle of the theater, laid down no. across like three or four seats, had his girlfriend or wife, I don't know, give him a massage. I thought you were going to say something else. No, no, no. <laughs> And and and, wow. and initiated a full blown, full volume conversation through no. the entire movie. That is so. There's a special place in I hell. I can't believe oh, it gets there's me so. There's a special place in hell. Every time I go to the theater, I'm always afraid because it also yeah. it's one of these things that that shit always happens to me, right? If I'm going to the, go to the movies, that's the one that the fucking person yeah. who's going to talk is going to go. I feel like to. I have that same luck you know? because you're reminding me now that we're talking about this. I must have buried it <laughs> the second time I saw it with my guitar player Nick. 
Kentucky, someone brought a baby. Like oh. a newborn. A newborn. I left because no one else was taking it. It was a full theater, too. I felt like I'll be the hero. So I went out of the movie, found the manager. I'm like, someone has a baby and it's crying. Maybe you could go tell them that they need to leave. And they did. she did. I saw her go tell them. Wow. They didn't leave. They didn't oh, leave. Oh, no. nope. Didn't leave. Oh. The baby keep crying? Wow. It was crying like on and off throughout the movie. Yeah. That crazy, happened. Right? Where did that happen? Crazy. We went and saw The Collector. Yeah, I don't know if Ooh, you remember seeing The Collector. One. We saw The Collector in a theater and someone brought a baby. No. Yeah. And what? And a five-year-old. Why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a whole family. Yeah. Whoa. I don't get it. It's what? like, I pay for a sitter when we go out. Yeah. I'm not going to bring my kids to I don't, admit, You know what? I can. What are some of the reasons? <laughs> Top one, they're afraid to leave the baby or maybe they don't want to pay for a babysitter. Then you should just not go. Yeah. Don't yeah. go. Don't go. Or go to a matinee, maybe. Maybe. Well, I mean, some of these theaters actually have daytime, like, bring your kids to the movie really? is okay. But it's I'll never go to that. Collector. No, it's not, not going to be the collector. <laughs> that, that's also probably bad parenting, right? When you're taking your kids to see the collector. But, yeah, five also, it, the collector, like, yeah. what? Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah. What is happening? There's clowns. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they weren't aware that there was a horror movie. That's true. I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> I, no, I bet you there's literally some, there's at least one person in this whole world that didn't know it was a horror movie brought their kids. Right. It has to be. They saw the balloon. Yeah. Nice, friendly clowns. Yeah, it's too. Clowns. Yeah. It's great. It's yeah, like actually, my any, mom. Oh, go ahead, Leo. No, I was going to say, uh, any chance that we might see you on the big screen in a horror movie, maybe? It's thought about uh, acting? I'm a bad actress. So you are no. wrong. Come on. You are wrong. Uh-huh. Horrible. I do not believe that. You're in award-winning videos. Not only See? just videos, uh-huh. award-winning I was I was drunk. What? No, I, was hammered. No I had to get totally hammered in order to do all those things. I'm not really? an actress by any means. What about what about the set it off video that you drunk. did? Drunk. Dude, no Tequila. way. Videos are so cool. Tequila. I don't believe all, it. No all, the whole band. Oh, come yeah. on. And um, I was an extra in the movie American Satan and I had one line. Wow. And I had to take shots of alcohol because I'm me. very camera shy. What? I know. No, I hate oh, what? it. I, if I, maybe like I would do live theater someday. No, you really you hate it, or yeah, you just hate, feel I, like you don't, you don't feel confident. I don't when, like because I become very aware of my movements. So I'm like, why am I walking like this all of a sudden? You know, like why am I making this face? Why am I saying that? I wouldn't normally say that. And I just kind of like go off the rails. Wow. But if I drink, I calm down a little bit, and I'm less in my head and less aware of what I'm doing. I'm like, I have so much respect for acting because in my head, I'm like, how the fuck does anyone do that so if they came to you and said we're gonna cast ash costello in the new it movie you would say no no, no. are you serious because i would know and the pressure wow. like all the all the like uh criticism for some reason with music i can handle it, it doesn't bother me but if someone was like she really can't act i'd probably cry wow so, what about what about like it, no. what about producing a horror film or yes, something that yes i yeah. would love um i actually uh, are you guys familiar with not scary farm oh yeah, yeah. Of course. yeah. okay it's before yeah, me too. Yeah. Before I was in a band, I worked there, and I, I worked not only as a monster, but my best friends and my best friends to this day are still the masterminds behind the mazes and build crew. Wow! So I'd spend a lot. Yeah, I spent a lot of my summers building it. So I fell in love with horror movie set design and uh, horror movie prop making, and I do. I thoroughly enjoy doing the set design and props for the music videos I do. 
but the acting is just no no not for me I thought I read somewhere you guys are about to film a video at Not Scary Farm did you do that yeah, did that happen yeah bad news about that I actually got the phone call today that we lost our location oh no way oh, yeah no, so what no. happened was um, Not isn't so I don't know if you guys have been lately but man the park is gorgeous they're really oh yeah, yeah. stunning when yeah. I was in high school like it was ghetto like yes. Not Scary Farm was ghetto yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah, like the yeah. trash in the corner yeah it was trash yeah, 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 it oh, yeah it's gorgeous it, the detail is amazing like they really picked up and one of the reasons is because a gentleman named John Storbeck who used to be the I think um, the general manager of Disneyland or something something I have there is now the general manager for Not Sperry Farm so back in the day you know my best friends ran Halloween Haunt and then did Design Year Round they, they let friends in all the time to do photo shoot sure. it's, it's a lot more strict uh, okay. now yeah. so we got the okay three weeks ago we were supposed to film it uh, starting tomorrow actually and I got the call today going you guys can't come in and film so oh that's a bummer I know because oh. it's so perfect it was going to be in the voodoo maze which, wow did you guys go through the voodoo maze yes, oh yeah yeah we course. did yeah, totally we used to be able to go in there now we can't and that's a, I mean, that's a stunning maze. And this year felt yeah. longer than ever. Yeah. That whole, that whole land. Yeah. yeah. And uh, my buddy, Johnny, was the one who took over the trick-or-treat maze and thought uh, of, well, let's turn the lights out. See and the give winds you of play, guys? Yeah. He's actually building his own um, haunted attraction in Upland. He's already, oh, cool. the rooms, rooms are already up. It's going to be year-round. Um, oh, it's gonna yes. also I forget what else he said but it's gonna be like an escape room slash um, haunted maze year round thing and he's he's a fucking genius did you guys ever go through Trapped and not scary farm. The That's one, had to one pay thing for. I never tried oh, because what yeah, a shame. yeah, they had to pay for it. extra. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> out. It was intense, even for me. And I used to work there, and wow. it was like, wow, I don't know if I should be offended or like applaud what they're doing in here. <laughs> um, they obviously had to stop doing it because a lot, there was a lot of problems. Oh, people, I heard about that. Yeah, people yeah, yeah. were throwing up or yeah. Oh my oh, god. Or were like um, uh, asking for emergency exits out, not getting their money back. So it was just too much of a liability. Got shut down. It was called viral something last year. It lasted one weekend and it got shut down. So they, yeah, but it was genius. It was amazing. And so Johnny is doing his own. And uh, one of my best girlfriends, Maria, is now uh, one of the main designers at Halloween Haunts. She, she started out on Build Crew with me and kind of worked her way up to being the lead designer. She's brilliant. Okay, it wouldn't be a Boo Crew episode unless we <laughs> brought this up. <laughs> have you ever done Delusion? Delusion. I've heard of that. No, I haven't. Delusion. We got another one. Okay. What is it? Next, this year, you're coming with us. Okay. Yes, you don't. I'm already in. You don't have to twist my arm at all. We're going sometime September, right? Or October. Yeah. If if they do it this year, Delusion is. It's so funny because we talk about every single. (laughs) Literally every single. What is it? It's a okay. It's a haunted attraction that was started by a guy named John Braver, who we're trying to get on the show too. He's a stuntman. He did movies like. Dark Knight and things oh, like that. Cool. So what he did was assemble a team of actors and stunt people and wrote a play. And every year he'd find a different historic venue in L.A. First couple of years it was in West Adams. What's in some that? of those old uh, Victorian houses in the West Adams district where I'm they would shoot like so Halloween. And, yeah, West Adams is just beautiful Victorian houses. The house from Halloween is across the street from the house from People Under the Stairs. Oh, and it's cool. a really cool, amazing houses. And a lot of them are just vacant being rented out for filming purposes. Uh-huh. So he, he started getting into those houses and putting his play inside these houses. Ooh, a play? So you go in in groups of like you control who you're with. Oh, so a group God, of 10 to 12. So people, cool. which is already awesome. Mind. You show up, all of a sudden, as soon as you, you walk into that house, the score kicks on. 
and you effectively become a part of a oh, horror movie. That so the cool. actors come down and the play starts and you're part of the play. Oh your characters God, in the play. How cool. They'll take members of your group away sometimes. There's little things you have to solve to move the play along. Oh, I love that. And it is just a beautiful thing. You hear the score the whole time. Oh. Stunt people are f- crawling on the seat. Like it's literally like say, you're in a movie. I've never, I obviously talk about haunted themed attractions a lot. It's sure. a passion of mine. That's the first time I've ever heard anyone describe a haunted attraction as beautiful. Wow. So that, to me, sounds so intriguing. Wow. Sounds so cool. Yeah, I, I think you would love If I'm in it. town, every now and then, I get to be in town for the Halloween season. Right. Most of the time, fall time is a big touring time, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so. the, good, the good thing about L.A. is that Halloween now starts, like, September, September. 2nd yeah. or something. <laughs> it goes to, like... Fourth of July. Yeah, it's getting going in July. It goes to, like, the middle of November, yes, so... I love that. Have you guys ever done any of the Christmas mazes they have? I, wasn't there one at Sinister Point? Yes. Sinister yeah. Point. Yeah. Yeah. I've did always they do it this year? Did. Does anyone know? I, I, I don't think, think they did. I don't think they did. They went last year. Pretty, pretty good, actually. Really, yeah. really offensive. <laughs> really offensive. You know who did one this year was somebody offended you. Really? Yes. I mean, I, I no, nothing really offends me ever, but I can go. Well, I could see that would definitely be offensive. You know, I can call it out. The but haunted hayride did something this year. I haven't. Like the Griffith Park. I've never done the haunted hayride. Really? Yeah. I have to be choosy. Unfortunately, this year I was only in town for one good like Halloween season weekend, so yeah. I jammed in not Scary Farm. I jammed in. Halloween haunt and normally I do like all the little ones mm-hmm. like um, there's one in Anaheim called Motel Six Feet Under yeah which if, I've heard if, about that if you're listening Motel Six Feet Under you bless your hearts like <laughs> the, what they lack in props or like professional um, scenery mm-hmm. they make up for and how fucking clever it is it's so That's clever crazy. I walked out going that was so clever that I forgot about how the spider webs were neon green and bought from like the <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but uh, like major kudos to Motel Six Feet Under I'm a huge advocate of them and what they're doing and then last year I got to do the 17th door Heard oh, of it? Yeah. Anyone never do it? done it? Never done it. No. Wow. Is that, did you get electrocuted? A lot. <laughs> I got electrocuted a lot. And, and what actually, what actually kept me? So, like I said, I had to be choosy this year. So, what kept me from going to it this year is my one of my girlfriends who, if she says go to a maze, I go because her opinion is like God to me with this kind of stuff. Cool. She sent me a picture and she had. Like actual blisters, like Whoa. blister burns. Whoa. That's what anything. Yelp is saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It actually happened, and you have to you sign a waiver, so there's nothing you can do about it after the fact. You know, they they cover their butts, but I couldn't believe, could not believe the boiling blisters on her arm. It's like you know, I'm not trying to do that this year. So, and last year, <laughs> last year they were um, there was one room, and this is the first time I've ever really been like, I'm not going through this room. I'm sorry, and I've never done that before in my life was a meat locker room where they had a lot of animal intestines hanging on hooks and they were swinging them at your face and I walked in and some various animal part that was very wet and could be slapped me in the face I was like you know I just that's where I draw the line (laughs) I draw the line at that it's like they put cockroaches on me you know I had to pull a dead fetus out from between a girl's Lady bits. Whoa. Pig fetus. Sorry. Did I say pig fetus or just fetus? Just fetus. Sorry. Pig fetus. <laughs> it, 
I was like, Sorry. liability. Sorry. I forgot the important word there. Pig fetus. Is that real pig fetus? Yeah. And, and that didn't bother me. And there was a lot of stuff that didn't bug me at all. And there was a lot of like abortion jokes and molestation going on. Um, so I don't know if it was like that this year. So I could see why a lot of people had a problem with it. But yeah, the, after all of that, it was the intestine slapping that was like, oh, <laughs> but really good though. Well done. They really went for the detail. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so when you say beautiful, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds really cool. Uh, you know? I want to talk about uh, your love of House of a Thousand Corpses because I find that really interesting because I have a similar love for I assume, it. Yeah, I had a similar experience to it. What do you think it is about that movie that makes it particularly polarizing because you've seen you saw a lot of horror movies before that yeah seen a lot after that but i know you bring back that as one of your favorites of all time mm-hmm. in interviews and things like that what is it about it that i've never i saw it five times in the theater when it came out and i still have all the tickets in a frame wow is that weird <laughs> like who, i don't know i don't know what it was about that movie you know i saw it okay well all right rewind to rob zombie you know i grew up listening to rob zombie it was just a regular household type of music to have on around where i grew up so i when i heard through the internet which was still kind of not a big thing at that time at least for me we had one computer in the house the whole family had to share it so it was like you know you were we i didn't have an iphone within it it just it didn't exist then but i knew through horror movie friends that rob zombie was going to have a haunted house yep. yeah yes, okay. that's right but this one was called bob's spooky house did anyone go to Bob's Spooky House? No. No. Wait, was that Before Universal? the Great American Nightmare? No. Okay. It was in Burbank. Yeah, she went to the Great, when it was a Great American Nightmare years, oh, before the years movie came years before out. that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. It was only three mazes, no bands, like how Great American Nightmare had like bands also right. included. Right. And um, it wasn't even advertised as like Rob Zombie Presents. You just knew or were you, you were heard that Rob Zombie had put on this event or whatever. I went to it. And it was life changing. It was like when we were, it was like around the time where you had to print out your map quest and like, call <laughs> right. so we were going through what felt like a cornfield in the middle of nowhere. And it was in Burbank. And it got to the point where me and my girlfriend were actually already scared to drive. And they're like, what the fuck? Where is this even real? Like, we only just were told about this. And then all of a sudden you saw a blinking line that said, um, Bob's Motel, like, just blinking like this. I'm like, well, that's got to be it. So we pull in and it looks like a, hotel but like a shitty one you know (laughs) like just like it but it was like you didn't know exactly what was going on there was no sign or like oh parking's ten dollars here's your parking here's your like it was just there so we went in there was no monsters no nothing it was just like blinking lights and like a shitty looking lobby and i happened to we were just walking around i happened to press the elevator button and an elevator opened we got in and it took us to like the second floor and we were in a maze it was the, oh, it was the wow. most amazing experience. I've never even heard about this. Yeah, Bob's Spooky House, and in my mind, I've relived it and told the story so many times that I actually was afraid that maybe I made it up, like, <laughs> <laughs> or I had. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. This and is real life delusion. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just had like, a, and, and even in my house, like, am I embellishing it? So sometime last year, I was telling you story. I was like, I had to know, so I googled it. And other people were talking about their experiences, too. I'm like, oh, my God, it's real. It happened. I'm not making it up. They had the same experiences. And there was, like, a room that you went into that looked like a kitchen. And it felt like the whole room, probably the size of this, lifted up and shook. You know? And it, like, threw me and my friend back on a couch. And there was no monsters. There was no um, people or security. 
It's not like it threw anything. Um, there was just a few people like cleaning up or walking around, and but no one that looked like they worked there. And then there was a room that was very dark, and it kept getting smaller and smaller to the point where we were crawling on our bellies, and we went down a slide we didn't see coming, like just crazy <laughs> shit. <laughs> and wow. I left going, like, you know when the scene... I forget the name of the character. He comes out and he goes, that was so awesome. Blah, Dr. Satan, you know? Yeah, yeah. Chris Hardwick. When he was, <laughs> that, yeah. Chris Hardwick. So yeah, yeah. Chris Hardwick, yeah. That <laughs> was so boss. That's how I came out. I was like, that was just changed my life. But in the midst of all that, there was one person there. One person. <laughs> Dr. Satan himself was there signing Prince. Like, no way. Signing Prince, right? And I was like, what is, what's this? Is this before the movie <laughs> before came out? Before the movie. So no one even oh, knows who the fuck oh, Dr. Wow. Satan was. No, oh, he saw, I had to learn after the fact, and that's how I found out about the movie, you know, because wow. he was signing Prince, and what still blows my mind is like, there was no one there. What was he doing sitting there? Who was he waiting for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why was he sitting at a table with Prince? He's that's waiting so for bizarre. you. <laughs> <laughs> it's really think, cool, though. I think what happened was, I went, and I remember it wasn't Halloween time. It was after Halloween. It was like, open one extra weekend in November, so I think maybe just people didn't go and they'd kept it open and I know maybe they expected more people to show up so they I don't really know what the deal is with it so um, I met Dr. Satan and he signed a print for me but I didn't know who he was and I happily took the print I guess he was talking to me he's like yeah I sing the band called Venus Flytrap you know a lot of the Rob Zombie guys come to the shows I'm like I'm writing this down so I can go to the <laughs> shows and um, so I would always keep watch on House of Thousand Corpse and I kept an eye on like oh another film company dropped it and it's not going to come out yeah for another... went through a lot yeah and yeah. I, I kept up and when it finally came out the anticipation of this movie you know, I didn't know anything about it. It's not like I saw like shots from behind the scenes or what the storyline was. I just knew that it was in correlation to this amazing experience that I had, you know. And um, so when I went and saw the movie, I can't explain why I loved it so much. I don't know if it was the color palette, if it was the, the likable like characters. I fell in love with Captain Spaulding and Baby and Otis. <laughs> you know, I just I loved them. I wanted to be their friends. I had such a crush on Otis. Yeah. I, yeah, a lot of people I, do. I don't know why. A lot of people do. The albino chops or something, yeah. like the belly hanging out of his shirt. <laughs> I just thought he was so hot, and I loved him. And I studied the movie, and I kept going back to see it with a different person. I remember I took my best girlfriend. She's not a horror movie fan. I don't know why I brought her. She looked at me after the first scene where he smells the gun. Yeah. You know, and she goes, you need help. <laughs> I was like, I know. Isn't it great? And uh, I can't explain it. It just spoke to me. I loved it. There's, some, there's something about it, that movie. For me, it felt like I was telling John Five this when he was here the, on the last episode. Mm -hmm. It had this feeling of going to see a movie like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like something totally, from the 70s, right? I totally correlate the two. Yeah, no, me too. And that I never had that experience. It wasn't, you know, I was too young then. Yeah. To actually be in a movie theater to experience something like that. Yeah. This was that for me. It, it was literally shocking. was. It was shocking. No one had really, at that time, there was a lot of movies like, what was that, Urban Legends and things like that were out in yeah, the theater, Final Jeepers Destination, Creepers. things like that. It was a different yeah. different vibe yeah. completely. And then you had this nasty, gritty, 70s nasty. style horror film I that you almost it. couldn't believe they got away with. It really had a, a effect of pulling you into it, I think, because really you didn't did. associate the actors with anything. Mm -hmm. And it felt like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. This is like, could this be and real? Know, you know if you were the same as me where you didn't really know a lot about it I knew nothing about it so all I'd like heard it was is like a pleasant vibe. surprise yeah right yeah. I think it, it, when he goes goddamn motherfucker got blood on my best clown suit I was like <laughs> I stood up I was like yes yes Sid Haig was insane in that movie his lines his delivery his performance very few horror films, modern day horror films, do you get all these iconic, all those, all those characters are iconic They're now. Halloween costumes. Every yeah. character is a yeah. Halloween costume. Yeah. Yep. And how, how often 
does that really happen? Right. You know, so I feel like it hasn't happened in a while. It happened with it. Obviously, yeah. I can't think of the last horror movie. The Scream mask was mm-hmm. a big one. Um, I, I'll admit to being a, a slutty Freddy Krueger for a couple of Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as like, you know, it doesn't really happen too often. And I was so excited to see Devil's Rejects. And I have to admit, I only saw it the one time in the theater and I never want to watch it again. It's a very different movie. Yeah. Yes. It's not an easy watch. It's hard. No, I can't watch it. Yeah. And, and I don't even know if I'd put it into the horror movie category for me. I don't know what category I'd put it in, but it's ve- I can't I can never watch it again. What about like thirty one? Have you seen that? Um, thirty one. Oh 30, yeah, thirty one's to me close to Devil's Rejects as far as tone. I know. Yeah, very I, I feel very. Like I heard somewhere in an interview that he said this is for House of a Thousand Corpses fans. Mm. I didn't really. Um, I don't know. Does you? I don't know what it is. Is it when you love something so much you can't top it? I don't know. Right, I don't right. Think yeah, so, I don't think it's anyone's fault. Right, or the movie's right. fault. I think it's just you have to let House of Thorns, House of a Thorsen, <laughs> House of a Thousand Horses, just be what it is and not try to make more of it. Yeah, you yeah. Know? House of a Thousand Corpses definitely had that '70s grit, but it had a little bit of that '80s camp fun to it too. Oh, which is so there's one perfect horror there's movie. one scene in that movie. I remember in the theater, literally cheering after House of a Thousand. It was that crane shot where it looks like the movie's oh, fucking over. He's about to, yeah, yep. mm, he's about to shoot so the sheriff, good. and the camera, everything and just the song stops. choice. And I'm just like, oh, what's that? Like it was like it was brilliant, insane. so good. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole movie from start to finish for me, and I can't even tell you. I've probably worn that DVD thin because it's my favorite. <laughs> you know when you put on a movie just when you're cleaning the house, like yeah. back, that's mm-hmm. my background movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just I know it's really weird. My boy, it happens to be my boyfriend's favorite horror movie too. So oh, that's great. At least that's we're on good. the same page as that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just love it. There Let's, was a, there's another movie that's wh- done that for me. Really, one other one since okay. that movie besides it but we all knew it was gonna be we know what it is yeah hobo with a shotgun I haven't yes. seen it I've not seen it it's great <laughs> amazing you're gonna love it oh my is god is that uh, Rutger Hauer yeah yes. Yes. well that was the, it's so good it's yeah. great it was based off a trailer in the grindhouse yeah, yeah movies, it was a right. contest it was a contest that you make a trailer oh, for a movie and and we pick the winner and give you the funds to turn that into Good a movie. Choice. Yep. And it's oh Good my choice. God. How can they go it's run so your great. It's so great. You know, it's very colorful, very similar yeah, to yeah. House of Thousand Corpses, I feel. Um, there's a sense of humor to it. There's a lot of great one liners. Totally. There's a lot of great one liners. <laughs> it's like kind of shocking. Actually, a lot of the stuff they tr- they get away with, and um, it's the only other time I've stood up in the theater and gone yes. <laughs> the scene, there's a scene; it won't ruin the movie for you or anything. There's a scene where um, a guy's head gets pulled off in a in a manhole, oh, yeah. and the girl is wearing a white fur coat, and she starts like stripper dancing, and the blood spurting out. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, I love it. It's perfect. It has that feel to those early trauma movies. Oh wow! Yep. What's tra- I love what's trauma. 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 Trauma was a uh, like an indie studio, no budget horror movie. They did uh, like uh, Toxic Avenger. Class, oh, class okay. of Newcomb High. Class of Newcomb High. I just didn't know. Yeah. Well, who made those? Oh, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. The cool so thing about Trauma like brand. Huh. Uh, the cool thing about Trauma. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the Trauma guy. Lloyd, Lloyd Kaufman. Kaufman. Lloyd Kaufman. He put every single Trauma movie on YouTube. 
for free. Oh, yeah. Really? You can watch them all for free. That's oh, nice. Awesome. So you can log on tonight. I'm going to have a marathon. Tons of movies on there. As a fan of House of a Thousand Corpses and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I strongly recommend Troma's Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Ooh, Why does that yeah. sound familiar? Like oh, someone They recently... remade it. They remade it with, I think, Rebecca DeMornay. Yes. Or what, is that her name? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They re- and wow, those are big words you're saying. Yeah. For <laughs> fans of House of a Thousand. And... Mother's Day is a class. You saw yeah, it. Right. We saw it. I showed it. It was it awesome. Yeah. Oh, all right. I'm so excited. And have for a Sid Haig fan, have you it's, seen Spider Baby? Uh, yes, a long time ago. Though. Okay, okay, and I have to admit, it's one that you I've watched and then put on the in the banks. You know, really? I okay. should go back and there's it's, a lot I need to. To go me, back it's like watching an episode of The Monsters or Adam's Family. I love that. <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah, we both love that movie. I think Piggy was the one who was uh, when we record. He has a projector and we put on horror movies. And that's, oh, that's yeah. awesome! That's awesome. Yeah, there's it so, doesn't you don't get a lot of work done when you do that. Yeah, I, <laughs> we, I think we we spent we wasted an entire day in the studio one day watching Quackbusters and we never put anything. <laughs> Which is another one of those weird things we had in common. Really? Nobody likes Quackbusters. No one's even heard of it. Do you guys know Quackbusters? I don't know. Dude, he knew. Not only did he know Quackbusters, we had the favorite nostalgic parts. Really? Oh. Yes. There's a part where Daffy Duck pretends to be a champagne bottle, and this dog, this dog is pouring him, and he goes, "Goggle, goggle," and we, he knew. He like quoted it. Like, holy shit. <laughs> This was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode number four. A big thanks to our special guest, Ash Costello. Hear all about the monster party that went down with her and Rob Zombie's Piggy D and their project, The Haxons, and everything you need to know about new music from New Year's Day on part two with her on the next episode. Follow her on Instagram at Ash Costello, on Twitter at Ash underscore Costello, Facebook at Ash Costello Official, New Year's Day at NYD Rock on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get their album Malevolence available everywhere now and on the road this month on the Witching Hour Tour within this moment POD and dead then we gotta say thank you so much for all of your support for downloading streaming sharing on the Facebook group and on Instagram we appreciate it so much remember if you got some time take a couple minutes rate us on iTunes it helps us get found and helps us bring more amazing guests and horror fun right to you till next time see you on the other side thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast haunt the Boo Crew at talesfromtheboocrew.com Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Tales from the Boo. The Boo Crew is Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shand, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. Fuck a duck. <laughs>